you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, a live literary event series from LAist. We are back with guests, author Amanda Montel and actor Bella Lavelle. You can find us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum. Tickets at LAist.com events. LAist Studios. The former president just got out of his SUV. I see him waving to um, folks that are there, which is really um, police officers. And then he's uh, walking underneath the facade of the courthouse and entering into the court building right now. Remarkable day in U.S. history, the first former president to be criminally charged, uh, Donald Trump, entering the Manhattan District Courthouse. Live NPR coverage coming up at 11 o'clock right here on LAS 89.3. Yesterday, NASA named the four astronauts who will fly to the moon more than 50 years after the Apollo program ended. The first crewed Artemis mission is scheduled for late next year. It includes the first woman and first black astronaut to undertake a moon mission. That African-American astronaut is Southern California's own Victor Glover, born in Pomona, graduate of Ontario High, and with his undergrad degree from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. I spoke with him earlier this morning and asked whether being announced as a lunar astronaut was something he could have envisioned as a young man growing up in the Inland Empire. No way. This is bigger than my wildest dreams. You know, when I'm encouraging young people and people our age too to to dream big Uh, i'm saying that from experience because i didn't dream big enough this is well beyond my my wildest dreams my mission to the international space station was bigger than my 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 biggest dreams and so this is just really an amazing opportunity and I, i will have southern california with me in my heart as we go to the moon and back so you had your first space flight in 2021, piloting the second crewed flight of the SpaceX Crew Dragon spacecraft. What kinds of training are you going to be undertaking in terms of, of your piloting uh, this upcoming mission to prepare for it? Great question. We we will learn all of the systems uh, to learn, understand how this vehicle flies, and we'll spend a lot of time in the simulator flying it, uh, and then we'll have the opportunity to test it in space and actually fly it uh, to make sure that it's ready for docking and potentially manual docking to a lander or uh, a gateway on a future mission. But there's lots of training to be done, including building our team the team that will fly inside Orion, but also the ground control team and the larger team that uh, will support this mission uh, in its duration, its 10-day duration. And so we'll be working on all of that. And because this is the first crewed mission, we'll be helping to to develop the training program as well, making feedback on that training program since this will be the first time it's run. This is, of course, designed to eventually land two astronauts on the moon by 2025 or thereabouts, as uh, Victor Glover was just saying uh, this mission to occur uh, by late next year as the plan uh, is to go around the moon. But you're not going into orbit, right? You're just going around the moon? 
That's correct. A good distinction to make. We will not enter lunar orbit. We're on something known as a free return trajectory. The gravitational pull of the moon will get us close. Well, when we say close, we're talking about between six and 8,000 miles, the diameter of the Earth. And we will definitely see the moon up close and the Earth way off in the distance, 240,000 miles away. And then it will slingshot around the far side of the moon and head us already back to Earth. Uh, and then we'll make the four-day journey back back to our home planet have you already done uh, any of the training just to sort of you know general preparation in being an astronaut for this mission or does all of this really start in earnest now that you've been named to this mission if you imagine you know getting ready for any athletic competition they're stretching and, and conditioning and and, and uh, nutrition. And so there's all these foundational things that all athletes do. And, and the astronaut corps is very similar. We all have basic blocking and tackling things that we do all of the time, flying our jets, our foreign language training, uh, our, our space station training systems. And, and so all of us have done some of those things and begun to learn about the SLS rocket and the Orion spacecraft and ground systems. But the specific training for this mission, Artemis II training, begins in June. You weren't yet born when uh, the last Apollo mission, 1972, occurred December of that year. How much have you studied what the Apollo mission not just was like from an engineering standpoint and the human challenge of, of those missions, but of the cultural impact of Apollo? Oh, um, I really like how you put it, the the cultural impact. I, I've studied uh, a lot of it. NASA has done a great job of documenting those missions. We have something called the Apollo uh, Lunar Surface Journals, and we have records and recordings of those missions. And, and I have spent a lot of time uh, listening to those and reading those. And uh, most important, I've spent time with some Apollo astronauts and been able to glean uh, experience from them and, 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 and you know, eat the crumbs off the table, if you will, uh, from their experience. Uh, and also the cultural aspects of it, I was just uh, talking to someone about today is the the anniversary of the the assassination of Martin Luther King, and and when the when the crew launched from Kennedy Space Center in Florida, the the man who took over the movement after Dr. King was killed, they were there to protest that launch, and the uh, uh, head of NASA went down and spoke to them and said, if we could not push the button. We would do it if that would fix all of these problems. But but this mission not going is not going to solve those problems. And that's a really healthy perspective to understand where the world was in 1968 when we first sent people uh, on the Apollo missions was is really instructive to now. There's a lot of division in our country, political, racial uh, over lots of things. And so this mission also has the power to unify and to, to, to bring our country together. But more important than that, you know, is also to heal. And to acknowledge maybe a, a little bit of our history and where we were and where we are now, but most important, where we can go together, you know, with more peace and more unity. We're talking with Victor Glover, Navy pilot, uh, then astronaut. And yesterday we got the word that the Southern California native is one of four astronauts who will be uh, undertaking the first lunar mission in more than 50 years. He'll be the pilot of the mission, the first to fly NASA's Orion capsule around the moon in the 10-day mission. Uh, Victor, what about, um, already you're a role model 
title as an African-American astronaut, but then getting this assignment, um, the first uh, African-American to go on a lunar mission like this. Um, what are some of the ways that uh, you think this important role that you're undertaking can be used to help um, kids who are growing up, African-American kids, see their potential? Um, it is so important to see examples of what you want to be or what you can be, even if they don't want to be astronauts or, or aerospace workers or science and tech workers, knowing it's possible is a part of the fabric of childhood. You have to be able to dream. And when you're when you're young, I think it's important to believe that you can be anything. You hear people say it all the time, but kids are also very smart and they know how important what they see is and they can start to put things together for themselves. So exposure is important and representation is important. And so I, I take that aspect of this very seriously. And I'm really encouraged that our astronaut corps represents our country and that this crew represents that astronaut corps. But that's possible because of decisions that were made uh, years ago that this was an important aspect of, of, of NASA's mission to be representative. And so I'm really encouraged by that. And I hope that that this crew can continue to serve as an inspiration for diversity and representation as we we go to explore for all, but also by all. You're a father of four. What what did your kids say to you uh, after finding out you'd been named to this historic mission? That was uh, my favorite part in all this so far, telling them they were so excited. Uh, I, I love that this doesn't become normal or feel just ordinary for them because it is very special for me, but I never assume. And so I was really surprised at their reaction, their excitement. And uh, that felt really good. Victor Glover, congratulations again on this tremendous honor to be chosen to pilot this mission. We'll look forward to uh, seeing it as it uh, hopefully is able to be undertaken by late next year, according to the current schedule. Thank you so much for joining us and wonderful to have a Southern Californian who's in such a prominent position. Thank you, Larry. I'm looking forward to it. Victor Glover joining us. I spoke with him earlier this morning. He mentioned blocking and tackling uh, about you know getting that the um, more generalized sorts of training in advance of him being named to this mission. And I, I should mention when he was at Ontario High School, uh, one of his years there, he was chosen athlete of the year uh, school with a good, strong athletic um, reputation over the years. Uh, so a fine athlete as well. The first in his family to graduate from college and I think he has three master's degrees, something like that. So a remarkable person, clearly, and a real pleasure to get to talk with him this morning on Air Talk. In case you just joined us, former President Donald Trump is uh, now at the Manhattan courthouse turning himself in. He is expected to be arraigned in about 40 minutes from now. We'll have live NPR coverage coming up at 11 o'clock right after Air Talk here on Air Elias, 89.3. Then the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is scheduled to hold his news conference about the range of charges, which we will be learning at the time of the arraignment. Uh, the DA's news conference scheduled for 1230 our time. We'll also have NPR special coverage of that live event as well. Coming up, we'll be talking about uh, Edith Wilson, the former first lady early in the 20th century who when her husband Woodrow Wilson suffered a debilitating stroke 
she came to the fore and arguably made some of the biggest decisions for the country in her husband's stead. The new book, Untold Power, The Fascinating Rise and Complex Legacy of First Lady Edith Wilson, written by our upcoming guest, Rebecca Boggs Roberts. She'll be with us when we come back in just 90 seconds here on Air Talk. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps. 